0: You're listening to the Inspire Excellence Podcast, recorded at the BVA headquarters with your hosts Kevin Miller and Tommy Alquist. Each episode is focused on shedding new light on different perspectives to create dialogue that inspires excellence.
1: Welcome to the Inspire Excellence Podcast. I'm kind of showing off Tommy. Tommy Alquist, Kevin Miller. We've got a really huge star with us today. Did you notice that as soon as we had someone on that's an American Idol star? Your voice? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> this is like the best you've ever done <laughs> do you feel like you're a little competition well <laughs> just trying to step up to the
2: young man that we have here today yeah this is gonna be fun uh logan johnson's here with us uh and i'm so excited to spend some time with you thanks for coming in logan uh we really appreciate it i've known logan for a long time um and uh great great young man great great family i know his brother connor quite well too uh his mom and dad but and, and here's a little fun fact before we start, Logan actually worked for us for a little while uh, in our building uh, department, building engineering department for a while uh, as he was going through school and, and doing some things. So it was really exciting for us when you made it on. And I got to tell you, I wasn't surprised at all when I saw how far you got. So uh, we can't wait to, to get into it today and hear your
1: story and lots of questions that I have. Kev, do you want to get started? Well, Logan, uh, what was it like, uh, you know, everybody dreams about being on American Idol. What was it like all of a sudden you're in Coeur d'Alene, you've got the cameras, you've got the judges,
0: you've got Ryan Seacrest. Were you nervous? Oh, yeah. There was definitely a, kind of a buildup for for me to even get to that point. Um, and what some people don't actually realize and what I didn't realize myself going into this process was was how it really worked. And um, I had just moved to to Logan, Utah. Um, I was planning on finding a job in Utah so I could gain residency, start going to college. And um, I got a text message from my brother saying, hey, man, American Idol tryouts are going to be in Boise this weekend. So in my head, I'm thinking I'm going to go and try out and get to see the judges that day. But then I start reading into it and it's like, you no, know, you gotta you got to make it a little past that point before I got to go to Coeur d'Alene. So I actually drove home and I tried out for um, some producers here in Boise. And then um, they sent me to do an executive producer round in Denver. Um, So all in this time, I'm going back and forth from Utah to to Boise, and then I went to Denver, back to Utah, still trying to- We want to get the
2: inside scoop here because I I don't know how this works either, so. When you first came over the first time, how many, tell us the number of people, how overwhelming was it? And tell us how intense that first process was. And then I didn't even know there was a Denver process.
0: Right. So um, when I came to Boise, I want to say there was around twelve to 1,300 people that were there that day to, to audition. Um, it was kind of an all-day process. We're there at 7 in the morning before the, the doors open, and they sit you down in a big room, and you wait your turn to sing for a couple producers. and um, if I remember correctly, out of the you know the Boise auditions and the bus tour, they they took about twelve or thirteen for callback auditions out of that many people that that tried out. So even at that point, I'm watching all these people go up and not make it. So it's like I was pretty nervous to even see those lower level. So that's one percent go on to Denver, right? And um, so even making it through there, it wasn't a guarantee that I would get a callback. To to see other producers. So they sent some video footage of me in and um a little bit about me. And I got the call. I'll say, hey, they want to come they want you to come to Denver um to do one more audition to see if you get to see the judges. So then at that point, um, same, same sort of process. I um went to Denver and it was another kind of sit and wait all day thing until I gotta sing some stuff and and they asked me if I'd want to go meet the judges in Anne Coeur So that process was over, you know, about a month and a half of kind of waiting and to hear whether or not I would be um, getting to even see the judges. So it's kind of that anticipation build up before I even got there. Um, so when the day came around, I was pretty nervous to, to see the judges for sure. Boy, you make it sound so matter of fact.
1: <laughs> um, you know, it's Katy Perry. Come on. Fine, right. What was it? I mean, where did you have you Has American Idol always been your dream? I mean, you go from working with Tommy to hanging out with Katy Perry.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's always been something that has been in the back of my mind and, and something that I've never really known how to pursue. Um, I kind of grew up singing in in church and on my own taught myself how to play guitar when I was in middle school and, and it was just something I kind of did for family and friends. And, you know, I never had any opportunities to play at any events or with a band. So um, to step into that sort of spotlight for kind of my first run at it was intimidating to me. Uh, there were lots of people that I, I met throughout the process, even at the, the beginning stages when I get to talking to them, it was, Oh yeah, I'm in a band. I'm, been doing this for years i've got an album out or i've got several singles on on the radio or i've had stuff go on the radio and i'm like man i've been i've been playing in my basement that's about it so <laughs> it was intimidating process for sure tell tell us about that moment what you
2: were feeling and, and it, on the tv it makes it look like you're waiting all day and then you get called in and then and then what's it like when you walk in that room what were you feeling i mean we saw i saw it but what what was going through your mind? So a
0: little behind the scenes, it was it was pretty cold that day in Coeur d'Alene. Um It looks nice and sunny, but <laughs> Coeur d'Alene wasn't the warmest place to be in. I think we were there in October. Um, so it was pretty cold, and we were outside all day waiting um, before I got to go in. I was one of the last people to audition that day. And um, the first thing that was going through my head was, man, I hope I can feel my fingers <laughs> to play the guitar <laughs> when I go in here. Sure. But, um, I think really the, the thing that blew me away was when I walked in, the judges basically said, so tell us a little bit about yourself, what's your story? And they want it, you know, in a couple sentences and, um, just to be able to, it, for me, it was a whirlwind of, I don't even really remember what I said until I saw it on TV because it was surreal, mm-hmm. like being in front of the judges at that point. And, um. It was just something that happened in, in like an instant for me, I guess.
1: Again, you make it sound so normal. So, <laughs> uh, And this is the Inspire Excellence podcast, and you're talking excellence at the highest levels. You're sitting around. Your fingers are cold. You've got people that you've seen, you've admired. They're judging you on your ticket to living uh, every young person's dream.
0: Right. And I think the biggest thing for me was I was sitting kind of before three icons in, in the music industry. We've got Katy Perry, who's huge in the pop industry, Luke Bryan with country music and uh, Lionel Richie, obviously, has been around for, for quite a while um, with all the crazy things he's done um, in the industry. And I was about ready to have them kind of judge me on, on something that I was very new at. So, um, but that being said, it was a huge learning experience for me to, to be able to have those judges ready to critique me. I I wanted to have feedback from them because I'd never had anything really like that. So to have it from people like that, that are at that level and very, very successful in the industry, um, it was huge. So, so we
2: saw what happened, you know? Uh, you, you get the ticket and tell, tell us about, I'm going to get a little personal with you now. Great kid, great family, but you've had some struggles, right? Yes. And what was it like sharing that with America? I mean, you're sharing that with millions of people. Did you have any reservations? And they interviewed Connor, talked a little bit about you. What was that like? Did you feel exposed?
0: Did it feel, uh, what did it feel like? I think for me, it was almost, it was almost something that was freeing. Um, for, for a long time, I kind of led a double life and was one person for certain people and led another life behind closed doors. And, um, when I went through this process, you know, I kind of sat down with my family and said, I want to be able to, to be honest about who I am and not really hide these things anymore. And I just kind of felt that I might have the opportunity to help other people. Um, because I know um growing up and and having substance abuse problems within my family, and then on you know my own end, it was a question that I always had: is you know who else out there is going through what I'm going through? There was a lot of times I felt like no one else got it, um, and I didn't have anyone to turn to. But um I just saw this kind of platform with Idol as the opportunity to say. You know, you're not alone out there and there's there's other people that that deal with
2: it too. I'm I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you for doing that. I, you know, just to get even a little more personal with you today, I I for me, you know, knowing that Connor struggled a little bit and you were kind of seen as the golden child that right. couldn't have problems. Right. Right. You couldn't. You got you had to be the the one that was able to escape that and then to have that happen behind closed doors and then to be able to, to say that out to everyone, I think that is A lot to learn from that and and but it had to be hard it had to be hard to say as much as it was freeing what did what what did you like your mom and dad and think about
0: that and i mean you had to you had to have some some reservations about it too yeah it was um it was definitely something that had built up for a very long time and kind of that inner battle of you know the things that i was fighting and and wanting to get help but not knowing how to Um, so, you know, the, the first time I, I was able to really get, come clean to my family, it was the hardest thing to ever come true about because here they kind of thought that I was doing all these great things and I was going to be a a good example for my brother. And I, I kind of felt like there was almost this bar that I was falling short of. And, um, I think the, the coolest part about the support I've received from my family is, you know, they, they didn't see it as, as a failure. Um, they were, ha- they were happy and, and willing to support me and, and glad that I was able to, you know, ask them for help and to ask other people for help. But yeah, it was definitely a, a process that was, it was pretty hard to to go through those things. And, um, but I, I know I learned a lot from it.
2: Before we get back to the American Idol thing, if, For anyone listening out there today that might have their thing, right? Right. That, that can you express, I mean, the first step of getting on the road to recovery is kind of admitting you have a problem. I mean, that's honesty. That's, that's the, that's what you hear from so many people that have, have had what other kind of, whatever kind of addiction addiction Mm -hmm. is such a, such a problem in our society now. And there's a lot of people with with struggles with addiction, but, but before we move back to idle and Katy Perry and Lionel and the whole team here, what would your advice be to someone listening out there that may have a hidden addiction and 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 what would you
0: tell them I think the advice that that I would give and, and something I wish I would have known um earlier on is you know there seems to be somewhat of a stigma around the word addiction and um what that might mean um but in reality, you know it's something that can bring people together. There's a, you know, there's a society and there's so many people in within our country that struggle with these things. And there are people out there that know how to help you. Um, that was something I didn't understand. It was almost like I was ashamed of, of things that I was struggling with. But in reality, you know, if you, if you had cancer or a sickness, you go to a doctor to get help and to get treated. If you're struggling with addiction, there are professionals in, you know, everywhere that that know how to help you and how to help you feel good again. And there's there's really just a better way of life out there. Indeed. It's time to go back to idol.
1: <laughs> yeah, sorry, Kim, we no. got to have you there for a minute. <laughs> no, but- I can I can keep going with that cuz it's it, you know, as a, someone like people listening to the podcast, it's you know, the courage to speak about this. And the courage to come forward just to your parents and family and then to do it to the entire nation. As you and Tommy were talking about, uh, was there a balance between wanting to do good, wanting to tell your story and worried about it being exploited?
0: Yeah, and there definitely was a fear, um, especially as the show was about to air. It was kind of the unknown is how am I going to be portrayed on TV and, you know, what are people going to say? How are people going to react? There, that feel, that fear was still there even after the process had happened, before things had aired. Um, but in reality, you know, after things aired, it was nothing but but positive feedback, um, countless messages of people saying, you know, that they were grateful for the things that I had shared and and that they felt inspired by, by some of the things that i had gone through with my family and and that was the coolest part that, that you know i was afraid for you know maybe some people to to have negative things to say about me but in reality that the good response outweighs any of the, the negative that might have come that's
2: great well let's get back to idol a little bit then so you, you go to hollywood T- tell us so i watched uh obviously watched all your i watched everything I, with our whole family, did we were excited to watch what happened. Even though I, I, I told, I told you when you got here, I, I happened to see your dad at a Maverick gas station, <laughs> and he told me what happened. So all the deets. I'm uh, a little mad about John sneaking me the results, but um, tell us about that Holly the Hollywood, the, the long night, and it was kind of got crazy. Tell, tell us about that experience on from the inside.
0: Right. So, so Hollywood Week is. That's kind of what American Idol is known for is the the chaos and the drama that happens during Hollywood week. And I'd seen the show before and grew up watching it, but didn't really know what to prepare for, what to expect. And um, I guess um, getting there and seeing what the competition was narrowed down to, I felt pretty focused and I, I wasn't really trying to reach out and, you know, make friends with the people. And that's just kind of my personality. I'm pretty introverted and and I wasn't really reaching out to other people. I was focused on what I had to do for my first performance. And um, when I made it through the first round, which was lines of 10, um, they basically, you're selected with nine other contestants. They put you in a line and you sing one by one. And they bring all 10 of you out and say, okay, so-and-so step forward, so-and-so step forward. You guys are going home. The rest of you are going through. And that was an intimidating thing to do because um, I felt that everyone in my group was, you know, great. And I didn't know if I would make it past that, that first stage of, you know, fitting, being put against nine other people right off the bat. Um, so I was pretty focused and... um I was very very nervous at that stage to to go out and sing. Um but I was able to make it past the what they say is one of the easier rounds and I headed into group night. So what a lot of people don't know either is well I'm sure there are people that understand that there's not a whole lot of sleep that goes into this. Um but we went, you know, from six in the morning until everyone had performed their their first song um right into group night so it's about nine o'clock at night when they they tell you okay now you got to decide who you want to sing a group song with and like i was saying at this point i hadn't really talked to to anybody so i was kind of looking around like a deer in the headlights (laughs) like hey does anybody want me to be in their group but um you know, I've, I found some people that I thought would be great to to sing with. I had the opportunity to watch a couple people perform, and um, that's when kind of the drama kicked in. And I I was a part of the group that had some of the most drama. <laughs> there was a kid in my group who um, ended up going to the hospital because he was he was sick, and you know we go from that the morning. Um, Prior all the way until about four o'clock in the morning the next day, with about an hour's sleep. And now we've got to prepare this song without one of our group members. So that was like a crazy, crazy experience. And I thought for sure that it was the end because I couldn't get the words down. Um, I was so nervous to sing with a group because I've never, you know, sang with other people and had to to harmonize or do anything like that. So that was another test, um, you know, I kind of had to bear down and, and, um, and learn some things that were pretty hard for me to do things that I had never done before and, um, step outside a lot of comfort zones. And, um, it paid off because we were the only group out of all the groups that performed where every single group member went through to the next round, um, which was a, a pretty big payoff. I was going to ask you one other question. I, I, uh,
2: so my, my son played guitar. Mm-hmm. I watched him compete in a bunch of competitions. And then my daughter came along. And she, was, she, she was a singer. And I watched her compete. And for me, there is something so raw about singing, even comparing it even to an instrument playing in, in front of someone. You're so exposed and vulnerable as you throw that talent out there for everyone to listen to, critique. And I always, when she would do it, I, I could never do that. I, I mean, I, I, public speaking to put yourself out there, do other stuff. But the, the, the singing part in front of other people seems like about one of the most raw, vulnerable places you could ever put yourself. Did you feel, cause you hadn't competed a ton right. going into this. Did you feel that way before all these, uh, you know, as, as this thing starts ratcheting down, did you feel vulnerable?
0: Oh yeah. There were definitely, um, points with even within that week that I kind of felt at a breaking point, like, man, do I have what it takes to even go out on stage right now and not break down on national television? There were times where it was like, I don't know if I should go out and do this. Um, and it was, it was a nerve wracking thing to do because like you said, it is something that you have to be vulnerable in order for people to connect. Um, And I think some big things with that sort of show is song choice. You have to be able to connect with a big audience, um, not just, you know, songs for, for the family anymore. And you're on a stage singing for, um, television. So it was something that I kind of had to connect to and, and realize I had to personally connect with songs and then be able to connect with an audience. Um, and with the, the three judges and the people that would, would put me through the next round.
1: You know, for me, it's tough to keep a secret. <laughs> I mean, you're on American Idol. You know all these folks that most of us will know by watching television. <laughs> Can you describe for us the process of keeping a secret and and how does that work with ABC television
0: and and all of that? Yeah, I mean there were definitely some some non-disclosure things that I had to sign with my family and maybe some things that my dad wasn't <laughs> big John must not have signed those <laughs> must have missed a couple of things in fine print but um it was it was hard to you know not tell some of my close friends some of the things that were going on in great detail. Um, but it was fun at the same time because people knew I was allowed to tell people that I tried out and that was it. Mm. So I would tell people, yeah, I tried out. You'll have to wait until March until you get to see what happened. And you know, some of this stuff started in October. So,
2: so take us through that. So you, you record everything up till the live Correct. quotes, which what's is, the what's the gap in time between
0: those two. And how long do you keep a secret getting back to what Kevin right. said? Yeah. Right. So, um, the, when the audition started, it was around, um, October, like I said, and the live rounds just started last week. So, um, obviously the, the audition phases started in, in March. So, you know, October to March. So a few months that I was trying to sit in silence and, and I had all these things going on and, you know, with work and, um, being out of state and people wondering where I'm, where I'm going and what's up. It it was something that was tough to do, but at the same time, it was kind of fun for me. (laughs) What about Ryan Seacrest? What's he like? Ryan Seacrest was, um, one of the people on the set that I had, um, a great time like interacting with because he's so good at what he does. Um, he's a, he's a crazy busy guy and he'd be flying from New York to do his morning talk show to LA to do, you know, filming with American idol. And then he'd fly back to New York that same night to do his show the next day. So I'm thinking about, man, I feel exhausted right now from, from doing this. And then I kind of thought about what he's doing and that guy is a hardworking dude. and. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of interaction that I got with him because of that. He would be on the set for, you know, maybe five minutes with each contestant and it was on to the next person. So he was there to do what he needed to do. And, but at the same time, he was super personable and a, a great person to, to chat with. Um, it's not at all like he was just only focused on his work and what he had to do. Um, he was really lighthearted and, and I had a good time connecting with him so it was pretty cool to to make that connection too after watching him for so long on however many talk shows and things that he does so so there had to be a time you know each each round
2: you're worried hey is this it for me mm-hmm. probably already exceeded your expectations so right you get on to the next round right were, were there ever any times you laid in bed thinking i might i might win this thing or i might be able to go I mean, t- tell us what was in your mind as you kept going through this and then and then go on to what it was like when when the when you got to the end of the road, right?
0: I think for me, um, as I continued to kind of progress through the auditions to the Hollywood week and some of the different rounds, um, there was that thought process of like, what if I keep going? like I have to continue to prepare things, and at the same time, I didn't really like to kind of future trip and say, "What if, what if?" Um, I kind of just tried to stay in the moment as much as possible, because that's what I was told to do is don't think about what's next, prepare for what you've got right now and what's in in front of you. And whatever happens kind of happens is the way that I was told to kind of, to kind of think about that process. Because now looking back on it, I know if I would have thought, oh, what if this happens, what if this happened, I wouldn't have had that much fun doing this thing. Cause it was a really fun experience overall to meet so many great people. And I feel personally that I wasn't totally invested in the competitive nature of American idol because it's a competition. Um, but at the same time, um, everyone on that I met throughout the process, um, was great to great people to be around. And, um, I just think overall, it was a huge, huge learning experience more than anything.
1: You know, and again, Tommy, give me a judo chop here in a minute if this gets too personal, but most of us have this vision of you're discovered, they fly you out in a private jet, you're at the Beverly Hills Hotel, you've got your Kia or your Ford, you're driving around Rodea Drive. Uh, was that what
0: it was like? No, not to, uh, no private jets and, and no personal car but there was some some times where um i think the the first time i i had someone stop me on the street and that was like a wow moment to me like what the heck this person just recognized me or um after i performed um my duet with julia michaels um there that was for an audience at the wiltern in, in la and there were lots of people outside after that night was over. And that was the night I got cut. I was feeling pretty down and I walked outside and there was people lining up, wanting to take pictures and autographs and stuff. And I was like, what in the heck? Like, I never thought anything like that would come from this process. So it was it was pretty um, mind-blowing to, to do those things because it's like, I'm still the same guy. Why do these people want my autograph? is kind of how i how i looked at it but i don't know that's that's an interesting question because there was some times where you know they they tried to treat you like what a celebrity would be um but i i certainly don't don't feel like that well how, how do you keep your perspective um realizing where i come from and i think even just coming back to boise after this process and and seeing life here in boise it's it's fairly slowed down. It's not necessarily the, the town that has nothing going on in it, but it's not necessarily as fast-paced and, and as hectic as, as L.A. Um, so just remembering, you know, this is where my roots are, and um, that's something that kind of keeps me grounded, is realizing where I came from.
2: Before we move on, to, to tell us about the duet process. That, okay. was, that had to be really cool. And, and how did you feel about it? And then I do want to hear a little bit about when they say, okay, you're cut. Right.
0: Ooh. Okay. So the duet process was something I was really excited for, but very nervous once again, because, um, they select a celebrity is what you're told that you'd be paired with to, to sing a performance or to do a performance with. And, um, It was kind of a a waiting game and they said, you know, you might not know what song you're singing until a couple of days before the performance. So you've really got to be on your toes. You might not have the opportunity to sing with your duet partner until the day of the performance. So those were things I was told right off the bat and I was pretty nervous for that um, because I really wanted to make it to the live shows where people could could vote. Um, so I was told that I would be singing with Julia Michaels about, um, five days or so before the performance. And, um, it was crazy because the the round before she had just released a new EP and I had been listening to some of the songs on her EP before I knew that this was going to happen. And, um then they told me i was singing with her and i was like blown away like that is so wild that that's who i'm paired with and in my opinion i thought that i had um a duet partner that was kind of up and coming in in music she's a huge songwriter she's written for justin bieber demi lovato selena gomez uh, keith urban just she's very sought after and um to be able to be singing with her was like I couldn't really comprehend it, but then at the same time, I had to prepare for it. Um, So they told me the song I would be singing, and um, it was called uh, What a Time, and it's with Niall Horan, who was in One Direction. So they're telling me, how do you feel that you have to kind of replace Niall Horan in this song that you're singing? I was like, I don't know if I can do that and fill those shoes because I look at his fan base and what he's done. And uh, it was just all so surreal. But then, um, the, the process came about where, um, they started, some of the other duet partners got to meet the other contestants and perform with them and kind of rehearse a little bit, um, a couple days before the performance, one or two days. So they at least got to run through it and maybe record it so they could practice and, um. I didn't get to meet Julia Michaels until the day, the morning of the performance at about seven in the morning was the first time I ran through it with her. And, um, I remember like leading up to that, I was so nervous to meet her. And, um, then I just, I was nervous to meet her and to do it with her for the first time. Um, so then we went through to do it on stage and it was kind of a disaster on stage and the stage director was saying, you look very uncomfortable on the stage. Like you got to change some things up um, because it's not looking good on camera. Cause I was that nervous to sing with her. <laughs> so that's what I had going through my head before I went out on stage was okay. The stage director thought it didn't look great. And um, they're telling me I look like I'm about to throw up cause I'm so, so <laughs> nervous. Um, so I, I had the opportunity to kind of talk with her before I, I went out and She just said, you just got to go out there and have fun. You know, we're going to go out and have a good time and you're going to kill it. And um, I was able to go out and do it, even though I had a little bit of a lyric slip up that maybe a lot of people didn't catch, but I sure caught. Um, But it was it was a really, really cool experience to be able to do that with her. And um, to say that I had that experience is, is just awesome.
2: So what's it been like since? And uh Oh, wait a minute. He didn't answer the We're question. Gotta get to he the didn't answer the topic No, We didn't answer the question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um after that performance, um I think the hardest thing for me was the judges gave me great feedback and and said that they loved the performance and and then they kind of lined us up and and let me know that I was getting cut. Um so it was pretty hard to to kind of sit with that and um at first because i wanted to move on and and continue doing the thing um because i had had such an amazing time doing it um but then i i had the opportunity to just kind of sit down and and think about all the things that happened over the past few months to think about where i was a year ago in my life um and realize that i i, I just felt like super blessed to even get that far in the competition and realize that hopefully some opportunities can come up that where I can continue to pursue this thing and that the TV show isn't the end of the road. It doesn't have to be the, the end of my musical career. So, um, obviously I didn't want to get cut. No one wants to c- get cut, but there's only one person that doesn't get cut throughout that process. So um, some people have told me it might be a blessing in disguise to be able to kind of um, pursue things and um, take some time to, you know, own my craft and and continue to write music. And um, I I hope that's the case. Um, I'm just kind of taking it day at a time and see if there's anything that's come my way.
1: When we take a look at music and your passion, have you ever thought about, you know the your future where perhaps maybe you go to college campuses and you have uh your message along with your songs i i see a one man show already i just but i mean really just uh, you're hitting such an important personal struggle that sir you've been through at such a young age you can reach these young kids right. and you know music what there's not a greater
0: unifier right and i i think that's the the coolest thing for me is I know music has always been something that's helped me um, as I've grown up. And I, I want to be able to to create music that people can relate to <clears throat> and that people can maybe look to me for a source of of light, um, because I know it's it's easy to, to feel like, you know, there's there's nothing out there and there's not not a way out. But hopefully I can have that opportunity. To, to help other people. One
2: more question on that. Uh, again, probably pretty personal, but I think it's helpful for those listening. When, when you go through those rough times,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, you're sitting here today, you're doing, you have this amazing experience, you're back in a place in your life where you have perspective on addiction and you're trying to help others. And I think service, you know, once you get to where you're able to help other people, it's what probably keeps you the strongest. But what was the thing when you were at your low? Tell, tell for those that may be listening that are at a low, what did you focus on to get through that?
0: I think uh, some of the things that I focused on was um, something that I had always kind of struggled with was um, worrying about what other people thought about me and always doing things for, you know, what this person might think or what this person might say but I really had to focus on what was best for me and to some that might seem selfish. Um, but for me, it was something unselfish. I had to, to kind of reflect on, on where I was. And, um, those were some tough conversations I had with myself where I had to focus on where I wanted to be. Um, and that's, that's part of this process is, you know, what happened where i was what happened and, and what i'm like now and something that you know i i have to continue to remember is it's a daily process and i have to continue to reflect on those things um, and take it one day at a time and that's when i was at that point in my life that was the only way i could take it was hour by hour a day at a time and I think that's something that's so important to, to remember today and for the rest of my life is just focus on what I can do today to, to continue to better myself and, and help other people. A lot of wisdom in that,
1: Kev. I'd say a lot of wisdom, a lot of experience, a lot of depth. So back to a little <laughs>
0: uh, more surface question. Who's your pick to win American Idol? Oh man, that's, that's tough. Um, I feel that Alejandro, um, has a really good chance of, of taking the thing for me. He was someone that was super, super humble. And, um, I mean, he's just got a God given gift the way he's able to play guitar and he's a musician, um, the way he writes music. And I think people can really relate to, 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 his humility and, and where he's come from. So that's kind of who I'm pulling for a little bit, but it's tough to say it's up to America's vote to see who can take the thing.
2: This can be an incredible springboard for your life and your career, and especially with what you've been through. So so talk us through your, what, what are the next steps for you? And when you think about, Kevin alluded to it a little bit, but what what's next for, what's
0: next for Logan Johnson? Uh, the man, that's, that's tough to say because there's a lot up in the air right now. And, and obviously a lot of things that I'm hoping for, um, but some things I'm doing right now to, to kind of chase it is, um, I'm, I'm working on writing music, hopefully within, um, you know, uh, a few months I might have the opportunity to record, even if it's on my own to, to get people to hear some stuff. Cause the way the music industry is today, there are like 30,000 or more songs released every single day on Spotify. So there's got to be a way to kind of sift through all that. And I think, like you said, American Idol is a great springboard for me to to build somewhat of a a following and a fan base. And hopefully I can have the opportunity to get some music out for people to hear. That's... um. That's the only thing i I want to do is is be able to to create music and and uh, do what I love to do
1: and finally, what inspires you?
0: oh man, um what inspires me? I think um a lot of things is um a, one person in my life that really inspires me is my my older brother um, I've seen the hardship that he's faced and and the things he continually has to to overcome and um i think the the bond we've been able to create over the past few years is something that continues to inspire me um i feel like i've got him to to lean on and he's got me to lean on and um just my family and the some of the things that we've we've gone through and I, i'm just grateful that um, they continue to push me to be better, and and that in itself inspires me to want to be better. Um, but I don't know. It's a tough question. Well, that's, a, that's a great answer.
2: And uh, I'd, I'd just leave one more thing uh, for for your folks who probably listen to this: is knowing your mom and dad really well. Mm-hmm. They inspire me. Yeah. They, they love you guys, and I'm talking about a deep love, like I'll do anything for you. Right, that kind of love, and so. I think uh, you know that, and I think Connor knows that. It's a pretty special bond you guys have, and I look at your success you'll have in life. Uh, a lot of that will be because you've had had some people that really love you guys, and right. um, I'm proud of you. So proud thank of you, where you are, and thanks for coming on today. Uh, thanks for inspiring us and for
1: sharing your story. And we want to thank everyone for listening to the Inspire Excellence podcast and to... Strive for excellence, everyone.
0: You've been listening to the Inspire Excellence podcast. We invite you to find something that inspires you this week. Join us again for our next
1: episode.